Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howard on Twitter. This is a DLF podcast. Um, this week I got to talk to uh, someone slightly new to the content space, but has been playing fantasy football for at least 10, 15 years at FF Mad Jester um, over at DFF Fantasy. Um, yeah, he's a big pro of points and proven players, and he thinks there might be one year left in the old guard of the running back core for next year. So. Yeah, really had a fun time talking to him. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. All right, so uh, Mad Jester at FF Mad Jester. Yeah, tell people who you are and what do you do? <clears throat> uh, my name is Matt, Matt Chester. My uh, Twitter handle is at FF Mad jester like a crazy clown um i've i've been working for fighting chance fantasy for a while uh they really helped me get my start with writing articles and um giving me prompts to you know just kind of get my foot in the door in the industry and start seeing what works so i i I've really appreciate fighting chance fantasy uh it's at fc fantasy sports i think um and uh, I just got hired on with DynastyFootballFactory.com. It's uh, at DFF underscore Dynasty. And uh, we're writing articles. They put out Debbie and rookie content and uh, in-season content. It's a really good company. They're, they're 24-7. They just dump material, and you could honestly get lost in there and find out everything you would ever want to know. Awesome. Over there with uh, Psych Ward FF, right? Matt yeah, Ward. that's yeah, my boy Matt. And uh, it's a little on the news. That might have been how they found me. He's Psych Ward. <laughs> I'm Matt Jester, you know? No, it's, it's, uh, very, it's very no, Arkham and Joker. Love Matt. And DFF, in fact. Um, not as good at DLF. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh. Awesome awesome place. Um, <laughs> what do you do over there? Are you, you're, you're on a Dynasty podcast? Just to warn you, is that what you're mostly interested in, or is it more fantasy football in general? Or um, I think the the deeper we fall down the rabbit hole, the more niche we get, and Dynasty is in that vein. So I've been playing fantasy for about 10, 15 years now, probably 15, and uh, I hope only 15. But uh, time escaped us, you know, since COVID. Yeah, yeah, uh, time's fictional now, right? It, it's completely, it's, it's, it's all perspective. <laughs> So yeah, I started fantasy football uh, last year, really got into it uh, maybe five years ago. And then as COVID kind of isolated the entire world, um, you know, it became uh, a place to go to be with your friends when you couldn't actually be with your friends. 
really happy to have fallen into it. That's how I got into Dynasty was in 2019 or 20, I guess 2020. Um, no, you get to Dynasty and you think you've hit the end of the rabbit hole, but don't worry, you'll be talking about high school players in no time at all. I stopped at Dynasty, but there's a deeper there's a deeper section of the rabbit hole in Devi, just to warn you. Um, where are you based, Matt? I, I, sorry. <clears throat> I live in New Orleans, so... I can't place uh, your accent, and I would not have get. I've, I know New Orleans. Well, I've been there several times, passed through it a few more. No I way. Have guessed New Orleans, yeah. So, how do you approach Dynasty in general? Do you have a general idea, or is it more just draft the good players and trade the bad ones? Oh, I hate drafting good players. Oh, really? Yeah, that might be my. Uh, that might be the answer that I didn't. You you gave me a, a three question. Yeah, it's, it's 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 what I tell everyone. I was like, I got nothing, but this is roughly what I ask. What is your process? Why is that your process? What what's standing out using it right now? So, very yeah. superficial, and I didn't know how to answer it. But um, I guess the main thing is <clears throat> depth is key. I'm a depth junkie, and avoid landmines like drafting Javante in the second in a super flex startup dynasty, you know, like those are landmines that you avoid, avoid the Terry McLaurins, avoid the, you know, the, the running backs in the second. And if you can happen to flip a couple of really awesome, but temporary dudes into a DeAndre Swift, suddenly you have a DeAndre Swift, but you don't draft those guys. You don't draft good players. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you do. I, it's, I'm being, I'm trying to be funny, but no, um, I get it. I, well, I'm going to get it. That's what we're okay. going to. Could you dive explain to me? Because I don't know what I'm saying. That, that's the thing. Like, um, the reason those three questions are generic is because I'm an idiot. I don't know how to ask better questions, but that is what I'm interested in. But increasingly, the more I talk to people, I realize if I were asked those questions, I wouldn't know how to answer them either. No one has an A plus B equals C, and here are my three, three equations for doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone might. They're probably the ones winning my leagues. I don't know. But what you do have is a knowledge of the game and you play and you win a certain amount and you start to think yourself is really good. And then you play with better people and you start to question that. And so you start to dig into what am I getting right more often and wrong more often? And how do I lean more? <laughs> how do I increase the one percentage versus the other percentage? And that to me was where I started asking myself the, the process questions. Why am I getting this call right? Should I expect to get this call right more often? And so asking them generically is true, but it's not, I found increasingly, it's not the best way to answer it. It's more, that's where we're trying to get to. We're starting from a place of, say, looking at Javante Williams. It's a name you brought up. And you avoided him. You felt he's a landmine. And I'm meant to get mad because you can't predict injuries, except for the fact we've got to ask ourselves the question, did you predict the injury or not necessarily did you predict the injury, but was he a landmine? Did you get that call right or wrong? So we have to go one step down, one tear down. And the question was, why did you avoid him? Not just, sorry. One thing that I love about your process specifically is um, that you care so much about points. And so many, it's just the, the, the landscape is completely flooded with player takes and values and age and situation and nobody uh not nobody just it's it's so refreshing and rare to find somebody who talks about points 
I got a few names for you. I can help you out. They're the ones that taught me. Um, but yeah, I, I know I know what you mean. Uh, we've talked about John Bosch being you and us at the Dynasty Crossroads a lot. Mm-hmm. He's someone who talks about value, but when you get into it, um, he's seeking points more than anything else. Points are good things, Pete. It's something he's told me repeatedly. Zach Reed, who, as you've mentioned, Leo Segura already, um, he's someone who comes from that school, and you, you've met him from the Dynasty Grind because we first met because um, we were chatting on the Dynasty Grind in the in the you and Leo in the live chat, I think. No, me and Zach. Oh, and okay. Zach's the one who quotes Leo almost at, verbatim. That's an assassin, exactly. Yeah, that's a cool dude. Um, there's a lot of us seeking points. No, I, I I found, and again, we're not going to end up talking about me, but I create rosters that you look at them and go, yeah, you got a few. You've got a few good players, quite a few, um, but you're lacking value. But the thing is, I th- I'm trying to create a roster that you would say the same thing about next year. Exactly, it looks like there's no value, but the they're more s- stationary. I was looking at my rosters and realized I do this. I evacuate picks like I'm like like I'm scared of them. They go awful quickly for me into a dynasty league. By year two, I'm trading them fairly rapidly. Pete, that's, that's, because, that's because you focus on the hit rate of rookies. And when you focus on the hit rate of rookies, you, like Les Miles, you say F them picks. It is weird to split Dynasty into two parts and one is speculation and one is um, organization of what has already happened and what you can expect from that. Um, but sometimes it's real. When you want to rebuild, Zach says, highlight a class from the Devi community that you should that you should focus hmm. and specifically trade into that class, which is a great thing to do. Um, and trying to merge how I play with that knowledge has been interesting. For example, over the last year, I've been trying to push my value into places I feel it's more secure. Now, wide receiver has always been the lock safe of Dynasty. Wide receivers play longer, they hold value longer, la, 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 la. And I think that's still true. And we can get back to talking about more now than ever. Garrett Wilson. More now than ever. Um, yeah, exactly. More now than ever. Um, but what I spent most of this offseason, I just turned out the way I approached the game led me to a place where in Superflex leagues, I'm locking in two top five quarterbacks, not just top, like it's Pat Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, much suddenly. Secure. I know. It's, That's exciting. I've pushed a lot into Pat Faramuth and trying to get like Travis Kelsey Kyle Pitts was just always overpriced. That's one of the reasons I was complaining about it. Or Mark Andrews. And it's not because that's how you approach Dynasty, but because what I'm trying to do is lock in that value while scoring points. So if I need to rebuild and focus on a year, I can, I, I, I feel more confident I can break apart. This is a weird way of talking about people's names. But break apart a Lamar Jackson to get value back to rebuild, then I can break apart a CD lamb whose value goes up and down week over week based on performance. Yeah. Whereas top two tight ends, top five quarterbacks who are fully not speculative the way we want to a rookie in there every now and again, unless it's Pat Mahomes and that worked out. But <laughs> those guys, I think are not just points, but a little bit even better of a lock safe. And Zach Reed on the Dynasty Grind said something like that the other day, and I got really excited about it because it kind of framed what I've been, I think, I hope, intuitively moving towards, which is sometimes approaching the tight end position is better for scoring points and getting value because people can undervalue it. 
because it's not wide receiver, because it's not running back. Or in a single QB league, that's the way Zach was getting in. At a single QB league, everyone knows to undervalue quarterback, but there are one or two you shouldn't. One or two actually make a difference. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes a time or two. Jalen Hurts has done it. Um, And if you step into those guys, it can still provide you an edge, even in a one-quarterback league. And I thought that was a really interesting he come to a similar conclusion. I love it when smart people come to a conclusion I came to on my own because it means I'm maybe I'm not entirely wrong. But I'm bending this back around because this does come back to the question <laughs> of how you're approaching it. You're trying to avoid lion minds, and one of the ones that stood out to you was Javante Williams. So what made him stand out? Um, so Javante, he just he, he hasn't produced. And <clears throat> I hate to be a box score watcher, but at the end of the day, Nothing matters but the score. Nothing. Their talent matters. Their, their, uh, you know, their. If you refuse to box score watch, you're gonna take Terry McLaurin and and you're gonna start your draft with somebody and then Javante and then Terry McLaurin and then DJ Moore because you're not box score watching. It's a little deep this year. I feel like it's a little hard hey, to this approach. Was, this is all last year. I just love this beating up on McLaurin. Yeah, I just <laughs> love beating up on. I love beating up on a couple people. So for for two years now, I, I will bring uh, the Cole Komet thing into it. Um, last year is what, so through COVID. That's when I got into Dynasty because I, I started thinking like, let me just get. Uh, I don't know if I can say this. You can edit it out. I got balls deep into dynasty, you know, we're completely committed. I want this to be a 12 month game, not a honestly like two month game. And to be honest, and well, another, another thing about redraft is that they, uh, everybody has one goal and dynasty is so multidimensional, you know, you can, you can have the real talent is saying, I'm going to boot the can down the road, but not lose any current value. Right. That's, that's, how I, that's how I want to play Dynasty. That's how I want to play all of it. It's so multidimensional that you can it's, – it's 3D. You know, there's future, there's now, there's value, there's age, there's positional, there's speculation. Dynasty is it's just so – you can get lost in all the dimensions of it. It's a beautiful thing. I'm really glad it's taken uh, between that and Titan Premium and Superflex. I'm just glad all these things are taking hold and becoming a little bit more mainstream so I can play with more people. I just want to play with yeah. more people. I, th- I think, uh, to your point, that people get lost in the source somewhat and forget about points. The multidimensional nature of Dynasty, we can get lost in the source all the time if we don't have some sort of guide. Um, again, literally quoting from Adam Hardstead, who's once again explaining this. I think that fantasy, the dynasty formula is known. It's just trying to approach it different ways. And you can adjust based on your league or your settings or just your own preferences. But I think chasing value is the goal. The way Adam described it on Twitter the other day, saying thoughts I've had better than I've ever said myself, like f- and filling in some blanks that I hadn't been able to realize was that because essentially let's call it ADP correlates to points. The higher player is drafted, the more likely and the more points you're going to get by and large. Well, and I, I, ADP I'm going to correlate. I'm just going to disagree with that on principle, but we can circle back around to it or not. No, that's the thing we're meant to. Okay. Um, 
then if you keep adding value, eventually you win. And it's just the time scale between when you start and when you win that's in question. Um, and the stronger the correlation um, ADP or quote unquote value has to points, the quicker that turnaround is going to happen. And so the entire game is essentially, instead of predicting points, it's predicting value. And there are some edges in that. Now, Leo and Zach, they highlight the psychological aspect. And there are some repeatable trends in the way players uh, of Dynasty react. And one is something that Zach constantly mentions on the Dynasty grind, which is when that first hype video comes out after a running back injury. The minute that hype video of them cutting and running happens, there tends to be a value trend. Other and, ones that me and others try to chase on Twitter is like C.D. Lamb underperforming his expected points through two weeks, even though his expected points were top 12 level, but his actual fantasy points were below, were like really disappointing. Mm -hmm. And you can see the graph on Keep Trade Cut right now. If you go and look at C.D. Lamb's little graph, it drastically falls off for two weeks. And then it's, yeah. it's almost edged back up to where it was at the start of the season now because he did perform well over the last two weeks. And we're very reactionary to points in season that way. So ultimately, it's not just trading for value. Like picks have value, sure. But it's about predicting that value to a certain extent. You can approach it psychologically. You can approach it mathematically. I think Adam Parsons is very good for knowing career arts and when players are more and less likely to produce. He's you can best. just approach it more wholesale with people like youth we like young players garrett wilson will accrue value between now and next year because he's doing well as a rookie Trailing but Burks, where Mark i Lewis. love but where i love your process is that you specifically more than anybody else talk about points as if they are important because <laughs> they are so um this is something that i think that you wanted to kick back on when we talked about earlier but if i'm competing now if I can flip Garrett Wilson, because th there are some weird splits that you have to explore, okay? You have to explore the splits between last year's Elijah Moore and Corey Davis when they're getting passes from Mike White or Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson. I don't even know. So, so what I'm saying is um, Zach Wilson, he might kill Elijah Moore and, and Garrett Wilson. He just might kill them. I don't them. think he'll kill them. carry I mean, I'm looking at trading for and against, and I'm Audi, big time. Um, unless I'm planning for maybe two years down the road when they figure out Zach Wilson might be Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I think we knew that year one, but carry on. <laughs> so, so talk about avoiding landmines, right? Um, right. Uh, no, I like your point of, um, like, Javante Williams made sense to me using one of those strands I was trying to pick at, which is young running back with good prof. And he did work his way into the role earlier this season, but he hadn't yet scored those points. And that worked, like, he hadn't yet put up top 12 points. And he wasn't to start the season despite the volume. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get at there. That your box score watching works there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, at what a player point, that's done it at probably what more you, say, you know what? Um Javante Williams is godlike in all these uh metrics that are predictive. But at what point do we say, you know what? Um things are different now, but a week ago you could have sent him and gotten uh, Kareem Hunt, Devin Singletary, and a 23 first. Probably more. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm yeah. saying is that you could have gotten 
you know, 25 weekly points between two veteran. And the thing about running backs is you have to start one and they get hurt a lot. So two is better than one always because there's a 25% chance that one of them is not playing. So having two of them that are going to get 12 points each is a lot better than having one of them that's going to promise so much and then give you 12 points. I'm going to push your point a little further because I think uh, it's easy to oh, no, you're supposed to what you're trying to say here. No, you're supposed to push back. Your pinned tweet right now. See, I did a little research. I <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! Says, if you go zero running back and don't have a lot top five player at each position, especially tight end, you miss the point of going zero RB. If you, no, if you but I actually like this tweet because it's pointing out running back is almost the last piece at high value, at least, especially, that you want to see. And you can luck into approaching it. You, that way. So, so I'll talk about my best team right now. Um, I kind of built for the future. It was a, it's a new startup. It's, it's, I've only got two teams left that are 4-0. And this one, um, man, zero RB, it really just kills. You know, it just kills. Because if you can build a team around Mike Evans and DK and Deontay and even Michael Thomas and T. Higgins and J- uh, Jalen Waddle, I have all those guys and Juju and a few I, and if Hawkinson somehow slips out of the list. You have all those teams, then all of a sudden, good. all of a sudden, um, having Kareem and Singletary fill in for ten points each is fine because. The 10 points you're going to get in those two positions could be 17 points if you get a top eight running back, or they could be 17 points in a different position if you get a top fifth, you know, 12 or more wide receiver. So it's weird watching the dynasty landscape uh, get away from the 2017 RB class. And that was another question that I. I'm slowly answering these th- three questions you gave me. And one is... Um, yeah, we do eventually, even if we don't get to frame them right. Don't worry about it. That's the well, thing. That's you can answer a question. Technically, the answer to all three questions is in there. You're the like editor. A, a yeah, you're, the job is hard for you. It's easy. I just come in here and drink and hang out with my buddy Pete. That's but fine by me. You can do all the work. Um, as long as you're having fun, I'm happy. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, so back to the first question. Yeah, I'm I'm actually very, very happy to be in the fantasy industry because... This year would have been a great year for it. If you'd gone after Mark Andrews last year and Jamar Chase and you managed to get Jalen Waddle in this offseason, maybe Pat Faramuth, maybe someone throw that name, threw that name out. And then implant running back. Same, same way a lot of people talked about how... Di- actual NFL teams should look for quarterback last, like almost when they've got their players, then they go get a quarterback to run the team. But are one of the best buying, quarterbacks and teams we, in the league right now, Buffalo, did it the opposite way. They built a team around a quarterback. There's always a different way to approach it based on the year in front of you. And that's what I want to try and bend this around. So I like this approach, but one of the things I've learned is I have to pay attention to where we are. In the same way you have to pay attention to what league you're in, where the trends are. Like this year would have been a great year to have a team built and go trade for older 2017 running backs, like you said, to go win. This might be the last year to have gone zero RB. This might be the last year to have done it. 
in a in well, certain that's, that's why I lose on like your pin tweet here because it's a process of targeting those players and implanting running backs less. That's why I was well, liking it. To that. And that brings us back to Javante Williams. The running backs of value in Dynasty right now are not the 2017 class. So if you're not looking at a year where it's a good thing to wait and target running backs when next season comes along because they're going to be young and at the top of the chart and Leo Fournette's moved to Fiji and Christian McCaffrey's, he's had an okay season. And Saquon Barkley's another year older. Sure. It's a little harder to go out and trade a single first for so a think, Leo Fournette. Player. I think you know Saquon's I mean? probably worth two firsts right now. If you can get it, you uh, if you can get it and you're a contender with Saquon, you might not take it. That's where Saquon's value is. But here's the other hand, okay? We're four games in, and all of a sudden, if you if if my 4-0 team has Waddle, T, Deontay, MT, uh, Mike Evans, Juju, and three other – and a whole bunch of other guys who are just making like 15-plus points a game um, – now, all of a sudden, I can go and get Melvin Gordon for a second because that dude is realizing I'm out. And you have to sell Melvin Gordon for a second at that point. You have to. You have to. Um, and then there are other guys who have slightly younger people. Like, I would definitely give a second for Singletary. You can fill, you can backfill that in because the running back landscape is changing so much because it, it is cyclical. They did have a, a really nice class that kind of got faded out by the 2017 class. And even some people in the 2016, you know, the Zeeks and the Derrick Henrys. But now that the Zeeks and Derrick Henrys and all the 2017s, Fournette, CMC, Camaras, like those guys are all about to fall off and the entire landscape is going to change. And I don't think that it's quite as important to hit the right players as the landscape is changing. It is. I'm not saying that's not important. But what might be more uh, lucrative at this point is just to figure out how to manipulate that situation. And maybe it's just to get the Melvin Gordons at seconds. Like, so my favorite team, I've got, I've got a ton of firsts and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to get, um, I can't wait to get four either QBs or RBs from this next class, blah, 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 blah. But I I don't know if that's going to be the best way even going into next year because my favorite league, I'm completely stacked. I absolutely love it. I can't freaking wait. I just wish I could push time forward like Dr. Strange, um, but I can't. So in the meantime, what if I didn't use any of those first song running backs and I just used my four seconds on all of the Dalvin, Go- Dalvin Cook might be worth a second when draft time comes next year. I know, I know, it's crazy. You made that face. I don't know if that's going to be on your podcast. Right now, no. This no, time next of course year? not. Of course not. Well, I, and I don't not mean this time next year. I don't mean this, I don't mean this time next year either. I just mean, what if come March or May, when rookie draft dynasty, the 2017 class might entirely go for seconds. Zeke worth a late, late second. Dalvin Cook worth an early second. Um, Camaro worth a second because he's got a uh, suspension coming. Like the entire last class, which would have been worth probably three first two years ago, is all of a sudden worth a second now. We're in a weird, really weird place. And honestly, I don't care. I don't care so much about player takes. I kind of want to get away from player takes and just think about it as a more uh, backed up view holistically of how to treat these 
values that we have, these tokens that we have, and how to turn these tokens into either points for now or bigger tokens for later. All right. So I like all of that, whatever I kept in. <laughs> um, make sure you check out uh, Mad Jester at, uh, at, at FF Mad Jester. At FF Mad Jester. At Full Fun Fantasy, right? Uh, at DFF underscore yeah, fantasy. I know that one. <laughs> you can find his work irregularly on DFF, but it is there over there with Psych Ward, um, and it's definitely worth checking out. I really appreciate you taking the time to have a conversation with me today, Mad Jester. J- just going to go with first names just to let you know. But for now, Mad Jester is to serve one remembers that. I really had fun talking to you. Um, thanks very much for taking the time. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Pete. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, I hope. This is this is the best this is the reason I play fantasy is to talk to my to talk to smarter people than me about things I'm interested in. So well, thank you for your time. I'll find dude. a podcast one of those, I'm sure, but for now <laughs> I have to Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. He enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. He enumerates the plays, they're analytical.